Welcome to the Tell Us Something Podcast. I'm Mark Moss. The next Tell Us Something live storytelling event is September 27th at the Denison Theater. The theme is Letting Go. Eight storytellers take the stage to share their true personal stories from memory. Tickets are now on sale for Tell Us Something live at the Denison Theater, September 27th. Get your tickets at tellussomething.org. We again welcome our friends from the deaf community by providing American Sign Language interpretation. See you September 27th for Letting Go Stories at the Denison Theater. More information and tickets are available at tellussomething.org. The next Tell Us Something podcast episodes are a little different than what you are used to. You will meet each member of the Tell Us Something board. Former board member Sierra Ty Brownlee interviewed the Tell Us Something board for her podcast, Impactful Experiences. Sierra believes that listening to meaningful stories changes your ideas and makes you think and feel beyond what you may already accept. This week, Sierra sits down with Tell Us Something board treasurer, Rachel Bemis. Let's listen. Welcome back to Impactful Experiences with Sierra Ty Brownlee, where I chat with a new guest each episode and ask them to share one of their impactful experiences. This is your host, Sierra, and I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Today, I am joined by Rachel Bemis, elementary teacher in Western Montana and Tell Us Something board member. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Me too. And of course... So let's just hop right in. And if you'd be willing, could you tell us a little bit about your impactful experience? Sure. Um, You know, when I was asked to do this podcast, I think like many people, I thought about several different things that have impacted me the most. But I think really my journey um, to become and my detours um, to becoming Mm -hmm. a teacher is probably the most um, impactful experience for me. Okay. I'd love to dive a little bit into that. And if you could share kind of what your journey has been to becoming a teacher. Sure. I was one of those little girls sitting in second grade with Mrs. Roach, knowing that I was meant to be a teacher. I knew it from second grade. And so, you know, all through elementary, middle school, high school, you read my yearbook, everything is about me being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I decided before I started community college that I would start working with kids. I was an aunt. I had three, uh, I had two nephews and a niece by the time I was 20 and had, yeah. And had babysat, uh, a ton starting at age 11, 12 years old and, and Mm -hmm. felt really comfortable around kids, but I wanted to make sure that translated into education. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was in high school, I, um, did some volunteering in a first grade classroom and I loved it. And then it was time to graduate and time to go to college. Yeah. One of the jobs that I got was as a summer camp counselor. Okay. And I hated it. Oh. And <laughs> and for whatever reason, I convinced myself that that was teaching mm. and I was like this is not a good fit. Like I this is I like yeah, I don't know what the problem is this whole time for years and years and years. I had a plan in place. This is what I was going to do and was like, absolutely not. I need to do something else. Yeah. 
So fast forward like 12 years mm-hmm. and I was a real estate lender in town um, and really enjoyed it. And then I reached a point where I stopped enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I was about 31 years. I was 30, 30, 31 years old. Mm-hmm. And I just started feeling like I needed a change. And I, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know if it was a career change. I didn't know if it was just switching companies. Yeah. You know, I wasn't sure. So those feelings were kind of stirring in my brain. And, and so, as I mentioned, I always knew and everyone knew around me, my whole childhood, my high school years, that I was going to be a teacher. There was no other option. I didn't even think about anything else. Mm -hmm. And so when these these uncertain feelings were starting to stir around, I randomly had a phone conversation with my first love from high school, Mm -hmm. Roland, and (sighs) I hadn't seen him or talked to him since I was 17 years old. And I only knew him when I was 17 years old. So I only knew him for a year of my life. Okay. And we had this lovely conversation. Ironically, I was at work. He's a real estate lender. And one of the first questions he asked me was, are you a teacher? And I was really taken aback because I kind of forgot that that was my path. And that's the only thing that he had in mind. So when he had reflected on our time together, just me as a person, that's what he focused on. Like, of Mm -hmm. course, she's a teacher, right? I'm talking to her 14 years later. Of course, she's a teacher, And I was like, no, actually I went, took a different path and, you know, and I was very successful in my career. I had purchased my own home by myself and, Mm -hmm. you know, I legitimately had a career, but I had this nagging feeling that it was time for a change. And so when he made that comment to me, it really affected me Um, to the point that I got off the phone with him and sobbed in the bathroom at work. I know. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that means, but you know, it, it almost felt like I was a failure. Like I hadn't Mm. done what I set out to do, even though I was living a great life. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit again, (laughs) still stirring feelings. And I had a realtor friend that invited me to a networking event. It was this monthly like women's group that met and talked about business ideas and tried to do business together. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting around the table and um, it was like a hundred people in a conference room, 10 people to a table, one of which I knew and had become friends with, but everyone else was pretty much strangers. Yeah. And we're sitting at this table of 10 people and the keynote speaker comes on the microphone and she said, before we you know, have lunch. And before we chat, I want you to talk to your table about what would you do as an icebreaker question? What would you do if you couldn't fail at it? And I, of course, maybe not, of course, maybe this is shocking. (laughs) Uh, I started crying immediately um, at this table full of strangers. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. And I said, I would quit my job and I would go back to school and I would become a teacher. Mm. And it just hit me that that's what I was supposed to do and why I allowed my 18 year old self to convince myself that summer camp was teaching and let go of my dream. You know, we, we learn, right. 
Um, so now I was this career woman that owned a house and had responsibilities, but I knew I needed to leave. I knew it immediately. I, I never looked back Sierra ever. The next day I took the day off of work. Mm -hmm. I went to the local university of Montana, Missoula. Mm -hmm. I enrolled. I reviewed my finances that weekend. And on Monday I gave my two week notice. Wow. Yeah. And I left that job 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. I started taking classes that summer. I didn't even wait till the fall. I started that May and I got my teaching degree and a minor in reading in three years. Mind you, I had a lot of responsibilities and had to figure out how am I going to do this? Yeah. And there was times where I had seven little part-time jobs. Little oh my things. gosh. I know. Like it might've been like one day a week I worked at this daycare and uh, the other day of the week I passed out these pamphlets and it was all these little, little jobs. Mm -hmm. um, but I did it to make it work. And I never, ever, ever looked back. And um, I'm now going to be entering my ninth year of teaching. Wow. Okay. Really, what a journey. And it was, yeah, quite a journey, some detours along the way. But once I made the decision, I knew that this was going to impact my life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now that you have been teaching um, for, like you said, nine years, do you see yourself staying? in teaching or potentially moving in the future? You know, I am really into embracing side hustles. Um, mm, that's yeah. my, that's my new thing. So, you know, my passion is my day-to-day -day teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I have looked into the past just based on my past experience and leadership qualities. Would I want to be an administrator? Would I want to go in a different direction? Would I want to use education to work at a museum or whatever it might be. Um, for me, I'm good. Like I am beyond satisfied. Mm -hmm. I, um, I went back to school in 2019 and I earned my master's last year. Okay. Um, yeah, so I have that. And so that was really a great professional development opportunity for a few years, um, to continue to learn more, um, I've focused on integrating arts in the classroom. So that has challenged me as an educator um, as well. So for me, I think I'm good. I really would, it, you know, it took me a while to get here mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm very, very grateful and um, beyond satisfied. I feel extremely fulfilled. Now I will, I will say I am the type of person that's always pursuing other things, but that doesn't, that that has nothing to do with my career and my passion. So mm -hmm. that, that would be like, for example, you know, I would love to teach um, as an adjunct professor and maybe get my foot in the door at a university. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something that could transition into teaching a summer class or maybe after retirement, potentially being something, um, a mentor for educators things like that. So I've definitely looked into that. Um, I was a TA this summer mm -hmm. um, at the university for my old master's program. So just kind of dipping my toe into different things um, has been fun. Okay, very nice. And did you know kind of what grade or age of students you wanted to teach? 
Well, because of Mrs. Roach, my second grade teacher, I always felt like that was the right grade level for me. Yeah. Um, and then it was kind of a joke because I'm, I'm on the petite side. Um, so I was like, I don't want them to be taller than me. <laughs> and I just always really liked that age group. And so ironically, when I did my student teaching, um, I student taught in second grade. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting hired from that same school in first grade. So I taught first grade for five years. Mm-hmm. Then I taught second grade for a year. Um, and then I was ready to make a move to a different school district for a variety of reasons. And the position that was available was at the district that I wanted that I'm currently at was fourth grade remote, mm. fully remote for the full year. And the remote thing, of course, you know, is a little scary in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fourth grade was really scary for me. That felt like a huge jump from first year. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I felt like it would be a good foot in the door. And then I would kind of get a feel for if there's other grades that open up. And ironically, a second grade position did actually open up and I had zero interest. And okay. yeah, so this will be my third year teaching fourth grade. I love it. <laughs> and I would say about mm, seven of the kids last year were taller than me. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm prepared for that now every year. Yes. Um, but I absolutely love it. And I, I don't know, this might be the perfect grade for me. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then what do you think maybe what skills do you think helped you go into teaching or maybe had you learned before you went into teaching? Um, yeah. that you think are really applicable? You know, for me, I think some potentially non-traditional things have really prepared me to be successful. I think that, you know, I did my student, I did part of my student teaching in um, Guiyang, China mm-hmm. in 2014. And I was expecting to enter an environment that was very rigid and that I really need. And I love that. I was really excited because I'm kind of type A and I really mm-hmm. like things very structured And so I was like, okay, great. Like, I'm going to have a set schedule. I'm going to know exactly what's happening, what grades I'm teaching. And it was the opposite because of the dynamics of the country um, that certainly trickled down into how the schools were run, how the students behaved, the relationship between the teacher and the student. And I was blindsided at how flexible I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And that was very challenging for me. Um, I didn't have a choice. I had to be. Um, and because of that, that is one of the biggest things that has translated into my teaching life here in the United States. And it sounds Mm -hmm. really silly, but the idea of covering someone's recess duty for them spontaneously, and the idea of, you know, a student having an issue and you needing to stop a lesson and do something else those mm-hmm. are skills that are really important and they build community. Um, and so those were things that I really brought into my career that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. I think, I think also, you know, sometimes I joke like, Oh my gosh, if I would have just gone to college when I was supposed to go to college, then I would be retiring in five years or whatever it might be, or, you know, different things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. or I would be making more money because I would have more experience, Mm -hmm. but 
But honestly, I don't know that I would be where I am today if I had gone on that path that I had expected. When I went back to college a little older at 31, I took it very seriously. And I had a mortgage to pay. I had responsibilities that I wouldn't have had when I was 18 years old. And so I was very focused, not only on actually getting good grades and learning, but also getting it done quickly so that I could start making money, even if it was, (laughs) even if it was a teacher's salary, at least it wasn't seven part-time jobs. Um, So yeah, I think those are the things that I was not expecting to bring in and to learn that I, that I have. Okay. So you think that if you had gone into teaching, um, I guess right after school, do you think you would still be in teaching or I don't something know. else would have happened? I mean, I really don't know. I would say that my advice, if I was talking to my younger self or someone mm-hmm. else, um, you know, my advice would be to always pursue what you feel your passion is but don't just go straight to college. And what I mean by that is like, I still would, I still, I think looking back, I would have just pursued teaching more while I was getting my degree. So I would have thrown myself more into the classroom. I would have volunteered more. I would not, I would have spoken with more educators about their experience and versus telling myself that summer camp was the same as teaching. Mm -hmm. Or like saying babysitting children is the same as teaching. It's not at all. Like my job is about relationships with parents. My job is about relationships with other people and those other teachers and those interpersonal connections. It's not just like, oh, I get along with kids and I like Mm -hmm. learning about math. It's so much more than that. So I think it's about if you have something in mind, take that time to volunteer. You know, if you want to be a veterinarian, don't just go straight to vet school for the next eight years, like get your high knee into a vet clinic, you know, <laughs> like those kind of, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And do you have kind of a favorite aspect of teaching? Because like you just mentioned, there are many different things that you do and it's not only working with the students. Yeah. I mean, I would say because of the grade level that I teach in fourth grade, there is so much room for not only creativity, but also for them to choose different ways to learn. So I think for me, it's great to be able to expose my students to a variety of ways to learn a specific skill and then for them to be able to have the uh, confidence to be able to choose which one works best for them. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is that is something that we have the luxury of doing now. I, you know, that it wasn't like that when I was growing up, even um, that we were just taught one way to do it. And this was the only way to do it. And now there's, there's so many different ways to express your um, skill level. And so that, that exposure is, is really fun. And to be able to see students take ownership of their learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. I think that's an interesting topic. Um, kind of thinking about different learning and also education changing over time. What do you think has changed or maybe what are some differences that you've seen even from when you were a student to now or just throughout your past years of teaching? Well, a couple things. I mean, I grew up going to a private school. There was 40 students in my class um, mm-hmm. and which is enormous. And you learned one way 
to learn things. And that was it. And it didn't matter what you were necessarily going through emotionally or if you were struggling academically, we were pushing along. And so that's one thing that I take pride in is being able to assess my students and where they're at. And if we are having an emotional breakdown, if we are having students, you know, like this year, we had students that were upset. They were having just conflict with it, with, you know, like friendship issues. Yeah. They're not able to learn. They're not. And, you know, if you certainly, if you have support of a school counselor or anything like that, that's fabulous. But sometimes we don't have that. And I had multiple occasions this past year where I just stopped teaching and we just got in a circle and talked and kind of problem solved some things. Um, and that was a game changer because then I was able to get back to teaching and they were able to absorb it and care about it. Yeah. Um, because I was able to make that modification. So I think being able to have that flexibility is huge. I think that, you know, dealing with COVID and so many different things going on that administration certainly recognizes how important it is to meet students' needs of their social emotional needs Mm -hmm. first before you can teach them anything. And so it comes back to that flexibility and, you know, being able to modify things like that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay. Um, kind of going back to knowing which grade you wanted to teach, is there a grade you really don't want to teach or like you would never want to teach? Um, well, that's funny you'd say that. When I was student teaching in second grade, we had a teacher that was in the middle school that got ill. And my principal said, can you please just step in just for a couple hours in seventh and eighth grade? Yeah. And it was fine. It was fun. But I came back and I was like, this is not a good fit for me. Like I, I, yeah, I am an elementary teacher, period. I could, I could be a middle school teacher. I could be a high school teacher for an hour if I needed to. I I'm joking, but more than that, but it would not, it would, I would not be my best self. My best self is in elementary education where I can reach the whole student in a variety of ways, social, emotional, academic, um, that mix of love, but loving, but firm, um, you know, clear expectations with a hug. That's, that's who I am. Mm, Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I think that we'll start wrapping things up here, but as always, my last question is. Rachel, what's the best piece of life advice you've been given? It is the most random and simple phrase, and it is leave it alone. And I will tell you that my friend's husband brought this phrase to me about 15 years ago and to her. Yeah. It's really about picking your battles, deciding when it's appropriate to speak and not speak, deciding when there's certain things that you just need to leave it alone. And I used to not leave anything alone ever. Mm. I used to pick everything. And I don't mean nitpicky. I just mean that I felt like I was an advocate for myself and for everybody around me, even if they didn't advocate for themselves. And I've learned with experience that it's really important, just like we've learned with tell us something, it's, it's, it's almost more important to listen than it is to talk. 
Mm. And the leave it alone thing has trickled into all aspects of my life, whether it is a student behavior that is just annoying, not dangerous, Mm -hmm. leave it alone, right? Ignore it, leave it alone. You know, whether it's a personal situation where someone has said something, do I really need to comment on that? Leave it alone. So this leave it alone thing has been a pattern for me and it sounds really silly, but it actually has been like super profound for me. Okay. Interesting. I've never, never had that piece of advice, but thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That was fun. Of course. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Rachel and Sierra. Rachel is an elementary school teacher in Western Montana. Rachel has her bachelor's degree in elementary education with a minor in reading and earned her Master of Arts in Integrated Art and Education, all from the University of Montana, Missoula. Rachel served at the local nonprofit North Missoula Community Development Corporation as board chair and secretary in Missoula for 10 years, where she led fundraising efforts, board retreats, and attended various conferences in and out of state. When Rachel is not working, she can be found with her St. Bernard, Lorelei, on long walks with friends, reading her next book for her monthly book club, grabbing a Quattro Formaggio pizza from Biga Pizza, and planning her next road trip. Sierra Ty Brownlee is a curious individual with a never-ending interest in people and their stories. From asking 50 strangers for their best piece of life advice, to sitting down to hear about pivotal stories on her podcast, Impactful Experiences, with Sierra Ty Brownlee. Sierra is always excited to meet new people and hear what they would like to share. You can find the Impactful Experiences podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to our in-kind sponsors, Joyce of Tile, Gecko Designs, Float Missoula, and Missoula Broadcasting Company. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Remember to get your ticket to the next event, September 27th, 2022, live at the Denison Theater. The theme is letting go. More information and tickets are available at tellussomething.org.